Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Dell Monsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. My friends, today I'm going to talk about the book of life. Part of the book of life is the rules that you learn to live by. As you go through life and you learn things, you create rules. And I have all kinds of rules. In our company, we call them Dellism. Somebody came up with that cute little quirk for it. But, you know, the bottom line is I found things that work in life and I follow them. And don't deviate from the rules of life. The only time people fail is when they deviate from the rules of life. Now, most people out there think that life is hit and miss. Throw a thousand things on the wall, mud throw as much mud up on the wall as you can, see what sticks. That's the typical type A personality. And they do this for a while and do that for a while. And they do this and fail and do that and fail. And sometimes they get lucky and one of them works. But then once that happens, because of the way they found success, in most cases, they end up losing it because they haven't sustained the quality rules in life necessary to make it through. That's not what I'm going to talk about today. What I'm going to talk about today is the concept of chapters in the book of life. And the meaning behind that is, look, I'm 65 years old. When I was young, no male in my family had lived past 65 years of age. Now, my uncle has since then. I have one male over 65. But at that point, no one had ever lived past 65 years of age. So I came to the conclusion and I made an assumption. And the assumption was I probably won't live past 65 years of age. And so I set out to live my life as if I would not live past 65 years of age. Now, what did that do? Well, when I was writing my book of life, and by the way, what I want you to understand from today's conversation is we all write our own books of life. You decide early on in life what you want to be, what you want to do, where you want to live. And unless you're just one of those type A wandering generalities, as Zig Ziglar would call them, if you're one of those wandering generalities, just go around and do whatever the world wants you to do, wherever the wind blows, you go there. If you're not one of those wandering generalities in life, you have to have a plan. You have to have a course. And think about, you say, well, the wind blows you. Sure, the wind blows you. But think about a sailboat. The wind's blowing one direction. The sailboat wants to go the other way. It still goes the other way. It just tacks back and forth and inches its way to where it wants to go. But when the wind gets behind it, boom, it takes off and goes real fast. That's the way life is. We tack back and forth many times fighting against a a strong headwind to get where we want to go. And then something changes and opens up our eyes and we can see a new way and the wind gets to our back and boom, we blow up and go. That's the way life really works. Now, what I want you to understand is all of us have a book of life. And I sat down today and and decided, okay, what are my chapters in my book of life? And what was important when I wrote each chapter of the book? I think you should sit down and do the same thing. Start out when you're a little kid. What was important to you? What were the values that drove you when you were a little kid? And what did it end up doing for you? So I'm going to share my book of life with you. 
and I'm going to share with you how I went through life and made changes. It's pretty much about every 10 years. You know, it's kind of a, a 10-year thing where you want to change. And, and you look at life, you go, man, I'm different. The world's different. Now what? What does this chapter of my life look like? What's important to me at this chapter of my life? What am I going to do differently now? And so I'm going to share that with you. And I'm sharing it with you simply to be open enough and honest enough with you so that maybe you can be open enough and honest enough with yourself. Because most of us can't admit to where we came from and why we got where we got, whether that's good or bad. Whether it's good or bad, we did it, right? Whether you believed you could or you believed you couldn't, you were right. There are 18 billion self-help sayings that I could rattle off to you that you've heard over and over again. But if they don't stick, if you don't do something with them, it doesn't matter. So my chapter, my book of life started when I was a young kid. My mom was a drug addict and my dad was a workaholic. And my mom was an alcoholic and a drug addict. My dad was a workaholic and an alcoholic. I'm not going to be like that. That was it. So I read all kinds of books like Pulling Your Own Strings by Dr. Wayne Dyer, How to Live Free in an Unfree World by Brown, uh, all kinds of books. I've gone over them before in other shows, so I'm not going to go into depth. There was nobody in my family that I really wanted to follow except my great uncle, which owned a bunch of farms. So he was kind of successful. And then later on, my uncle was a professor and then owned a couple businesses. And so that was like the closest thing to entrepreneurialism that I saw. And the next thing that hit me was when I was in fourth grade, I weighed like 200 pounds and I was fat and I had Coke bottle glasses back then. They didn't know how to make glasses for really blind people unless they were really, really thick. And my dad shaved my head because he couldn't afford to take me to the barber. So he just took a clipper and shaved my head every, every week or so. Just insane stuff. Now, in this day and age, oh, fat people are loved. It's okay to be fat. You can't blame people. You can't fat shame people. You can't. But when I was a kid, you got fat shamed, right? And they're like, what the heck are you doing? Why are you so fat? Why are you so ugly? And so I had a goal at that point in my life, in that chapter, to get out of that. And so I didn't decide that I was going to go march in the streets and try to change the world. I looked in the mirror and said, dude, you're fat. <laughs> you need to change. So I went on and got the information. And I got a book by a guy named Bruce Randall who went from 400 pounds down to 222 pounds and won Mr. Universe. Fitness was a chapter of my life. What did it do for me? It gave me all the confidence in the world for multiple reasons. One, because now I was physically fit and I looked good. But number two, it proved to me that if you can find somebody who knows how to do something, you can copy it. It's out there. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. It's out there. And if you put together a plan and you stick to the plan, you can do it. So the first segment of my life got me away from controlling, manipulative people telling me that I have to be as messed up as they are in life. That was my parents. And so I learned you do not have to be controlled and manipulated. And number two, you don't have to be as messed up as the people around you. You don't have to believe the lies that they live uh, in their life every day. You can live a different way, even though they tell you it's the only way to live. Number two, I found out you don't have to be fat. You don't have to be physically out of shape. And you don't have to let people push you around and berate you and make you feel terrible about yourself. You can fix all of those things. And uh, so I learned to take 
physical control of my life, self-control of my mental ability to say, in which I use it even to this day, willpower, to say I'm going to stop eating and I'm going to stop drinking and I'm going to start exercising and realize that you don't need all that stuff. You think you need it. It's really an addiction. Food is an addiction. Alcohol is an addiction. Uh, Spousal um, acceptance is uh, an addiction. Uh, Many people just do whatever their spouse tells them to do, and you find you waste hours and hours and hours a day not getting anything done that you need to get done because you're doing the minutiae of life that people want you to put into your life. And I found I didn't have to do that. Now, the next part was I became an athlete. That's different than just getting into shape and being fit. Being an athlete is dedication. It's something that shows you you can put yourself into something and you can win. No, we're not becoming an athlete to be number four, number five, not even number three. If you remember what Nellie said, one is the only winner. That's all there is, number one. It's just something... You just got to understand, you got to be a winner. People who win get everything. People who take second and third get nothing. That's just the way it works. And so you have to realize that in sports and athletics and fitness, give you the kind of self-control, the kind of competitiveness that's necessary to go out in the world and succeed at business. To succeed at finding a spouse and commanding a relationship that's worthwhile. And not just taking some schmuck into your life. Because that's all you can get settling for this weak, weak example of a spouse. Many of you know that. When I say that right now, you're going, man, I know. I I just took what I could get. But you don't have to. But you have to be aggressive. You have to be a winner. You have to know what winning means. You have to have a goal. You have to go after the goal. And athletics taught me all that. Taught me how to be a winner. So I did athletics until I was about 32, and by then I'd lifted so many weights and so heavy that I had destroyed my joints, and I no longer was going to be able to compete. Plus, I got to the level where the next level was national professional bodybuilding, which meant I would have had to take a ton of steroids. And I just made the decision. I didn't think that was where I wanted to go with my life. Maybe that decision was made because I thought, I've beaten people that are natural before. They have a better natural physique than I do, but I beat them with a little bit of steroids. But now I'm going to go up against guys that are naturals, that are taking a ton of steroids on top of that. I go, you know, I don't know that even if I took a ton of steroids, I could beat those guys. Now, years later, I look back and I find out I was wrong. I could have because I now understand what I didn't understand back then. But back then, I didn't have that ability to see that. And so I cut it off. I let it go. Didn't see that being the rest of my life. I found that in that chapter of my life, I was working out two or three hours a day. I was working at the health club where my business, where I was an employee, working 12 hours a day, six days a week, and then throwing a couple hours of bodybuilding on top of that. I had no life. So while my business life of 12 years of working 12 hours a day, that was my employee phase of my life, was going on, I buried myself in bodybuilding as to just tack. Remember what I said in sailing? When the wind's going against you, you just tack back and forth and hope to get a little bit forward. I was just tacking. I was just getting by, doing my bodybuilding, living out life the best I could, and just gutting out, going to work 12 hours a day, six days a week. But then something changed. I lost a bunch of money in the stock market on Black Monday, and then I realized this isn't going to work. I'm never going to retire this way. I'm never going to get anywhere this way financially. i got to find something else. So I started looking for other things, and I found real estate investing. And when I started investing in real estate, It was another change in my life. I saw it was so effective and so profitable that I made a plan. New chapter. 
start all over. I'm not going to be working 12 hours a day. I quit my 12-hour-a-day job. They asked me to come back. I said, only if you'll work me only four days a week. That way, I'm only working 48 hours a week instead of 68 hours a week. They agreed to work me four days a week, but still had to work 12 hours a day because that's just the way the job worked. And uh, I put the other three days a week to work building business, building up my rental real estate business. And that became the next chapter of my life. And eventually, I built up so much passive income in my rental real estate that I decided to quit my job because I didn't need the, the small amount of money I was earning at my job anymore. And now, all of a sudden, I was retired. I'm in a new chapter. I'm retired. I'm retired at 34 years of age. And I look around at 34 years of age, and I see there's absolutely nobody my age out here. There's nothing to do because there's nobody to do it with because nobody is retired at 34 years of age. And so I decided to, to start looking into other things. I started going to other seminars and listening to people, motivational speakers, trying to find where I was going to go. And then I figured something out. 95%, if not 99% of all motivational speakers and self-help people and real estate gurus are just a sham. They're just a sham. They really don't care about anybody. And they're really not teaching you success principles that work. They're just selling you books and tapes. Back then it was books and tapes, and then it became CDs, and, and now it's online courses and videos and webinars, and it's all out there. It's just a sham. I see them every day. Every day I see another video about how to make money on the Internet, this way, that way, trading, this, that, blah, blah, blah. It's all a scam. So I said, somebody needs to teach something that actually works. I can teach real estate. And I decided to go out there and coach real estate investing in a local basis. Didn't even advertise. Didn't even market. Plant places. People heard about me. They signed up. Eventually, it got to where I had so many people, uh, I brought someone on to help me. And we started to grow. I'll tell you what happened next when we come back from the break. Now, Intel from the files of Dell Wamsley. When I first started, I had rental houses. I had 600 square foot, 700 square foot, 800 square foot, 1,000 square foot. I mean, a 1,000 square foot home was probably about the median back then. 1,500 was a huge home, easy to rent. It was like a mansion. 1,800 was a mansion. Nowadays, the average, the median size home is 26, 2,700 square feet. If you talk about the fact that it's more expensive per square foot to build this stuff, and then you say the demand on the marketplace is for larger homes. Now it's more expensive per square foot to build and you want more square feet. What happens to the entry-level homes? They're gone. The builders, they can't build them because they can't get the prices down low enough, so they can't make a profit, so they won't build them. So they can't be built, they won't be built, the builders don't want to build them, the government doesn't want them built. You have scarcity. The scarcity is all the real estate that Lifestyles members have owned for the last 30 years. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. a dream killer here somewhere today. You're going to run into somebody that's going to tell you this stuff doesn't work. Like Vinette said, it's a scam. This is probably a multi-level marketing program. Somebody is going to tell you it doesn't work because you're the wrong race, the wrong age, the wrong sex, the wrong sexual preference, the something or other. And this is all set up so rich people can be successful and all you poor people can't. And if you believe that, they've won. 
But if you don't, you win. Don't believe the dream killers. Start winning today with the Lifestyles Unlimited free workshop. Get the knowledge you need to replace your income in two to five years, and then find out how to take action. Register for the free online workshop at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're going through the book of life, and I've just been sharing my life and the different chapters of it, so as you might look at yourself and think about the same things, decide where you were at different points in your life. And I'm trying to make the point that every about every 10 years I reinvent myself, I've got more wisdom. And even though it's tougher, I'm not as physically fit as I used to be. I now have a different level of fitness, a different goal for fitness. And so we'll, just, we'll get into that when we get to this last chapter, because we're right now, we just stepped into the retirement chapter of my life where I retired at 34 years of age. I really had nothing to do, so I decided doing local mentoring here. And for about 10 years, I was very happy just sitting around and making money, buying real estate teaching other people to buy real estate, helping them to buy real estate, buying real estate with other people together as partnerships and so forth. And I did that for about 10 years. Never had in much of an ad. We had a little ad that was a two-inch column by about four, five inches long, and that was the only ad. It was in the Chronicle newspaper. It was the only ad we ever had. We had no video, no radio, no TV, no um, internet marketing, Google, anything, you know, Facebook, none of that stuff. And we did that for about 10 years, and we just grew and grew and grew. By the time we were at 10 years, what had happened, though, was that people had started coming in from all over the country. They were flying in. They'd heard of us, just friends and referrals. It was mostly referrals. At that point, 60 to 70, maybe even 80% of our business was referral business. Other people sending their friends in and family in. And what happened was that some of my members were from out of town and you started to see groups of members because one guy would join and he'd send his friends and they'd join and pretty soon there was a group of them. And there got to be large groups in some cities. One of the cities that got to be a large group in was Dallas, Texas. And one of the people that had done well here said, I'll go up there and open this place for you. Why don't you open one in Dallas? And I said, no, nah, no, nah, I can't be in two places at one time. It's really, I'm not doing this to kill myself. I'm doing this to enjoy life and to help other people, right? You know, this isn't something where it's corporate America or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But somehow the guy convinced me, hey, look, I'll do all the work. You just, you know, set it up and whatever. And so we set it up and duplicated our team from Houston up to the Dallas office. And in Houston, I was doing seminars of anywhere between one and 200 people a month, new members. And we probably had, I'd guess, a total of 10,000 total members in our group at that time. And we went to Dallas, and the first day I went to Dallas, my gosh, there was 350 people in my first seminar there. It blew my mind. Then I realized there is pent-up desire for our product everywhere, for people that need help. They need to figure out how to retire. They need to figure out how to supplement their income. They need passive income, and they need motivational direction. And so... Dallas took off. It just blew up, and all of a sudden, we were like double the size in no time at all. And then after that, we had people complaining that we needed something down in San Antonio and Austin, so we opened up in San Antonio. Then we had people complaining it was too far to drive from Austin to go to San Antonio, so we opened up in Austin. We have people that um, started accumulating out on the West Coast, and Phoenix seemed to be a great place to buy, so everybody was buying in Phoenix, so we opened up in Phoenix. And then people accumulated on the East Coast, and Atlanta's kind of the central hub for the East Coast. So we have offices in all of these different places now, you just have to ask yourself, how did that happen? Now, that's just the office. It's the members, there's members in every state, 50 states in union, and uh, oh, nationally or internationally also. So 
we went on to go from local consulting to state consulting to national consulting. And then all of a sudden, we started having these expos. And I said, look, if we're going to have an expo, it's got to be the best one in the country, first one we ever did. We were seeing expos out there that had six, 700 people for the big ones, the small ones that have two or 300 people. Somebody had an expo this, this weekend. I think they probably had like 7,500 people there. Our first expo was 2,500 people. The next year was 3,500 people. The next year was 4,000. Then it was 4,500. Each year, the expo blows up. This year, we're 90 days out. We've already sold almost the number of tickets that are available for the space. This expo did one thing. It brought people from all over the country to fly in for a three-day event and meet thousands and thousands of people that have used the product successfully and retired and become rich in many cases. And so... Once that happened, now the thing blew up. It just went crazy. And, you know, there's a situation out there where you say that you should be able to have a multiple of doubling your total sales every 10 years in a business. And we did that. I mean, every 10 years, if you look back at any of the 30 years we've been here, if you look back at any 10 multiple in there, cut out 10 from the beginning of that 10 to the end of that 10, we had doubled the number of sales that we were making, hence the number of members that we had etc etc and we had to start buying infrastructure people i've got like two full-time it guys that work full-time that are both not just it guys they are developers one's a software developer the other one is a software programmer uh, the guy that would put the plan together i got multiple layers of marketing people multiple layers of consulting which is we're proud of massive number of consultants all of them very high end massive number of um, what we call mentors very, very high-end. I mean, it's just unbelievable, the quality of the staff that we have. So, what has that done? Well, this has put me in a situation where I can't do it all, and I just decided five years ago, you know what? I've got to step away from the business because it's just too much. I'm 60 years old now, and if this business is going to continue to be able to take care of people, we need a legacy plan. So, five years ago, we put in place a legacy plan where I don't do anything anymore. And we wanted it, and the theory behind this chapter in my life was, I want to see that it works without me before I'm not here, and it has to work without me. So people ask me all the time, what are you going to do if you ever die? Say, I don't do anything now. And there's no difference. But that was not by chance, folks. That was planned. That was a chapter in the book. The chapter in the book was the legacy chapter. How do I replace everything I do with people that are better? What I found was I do 10 things. I needed 10 people to replace me, though, or really probably five. And those five had to be better at that one thing that they're doing than I was at it, and they are. So now we are way more productive than we were when I ran everything. So that's the chapter. But now I'm at the chapter here, and I've been at this chapter here for the last five years. And you're starting to say, well, what are you going to do now, especially since the chapter, I'm coming up on the end of the chapter of you're not going to live past 65 years of age. So now we've come full circle. I'm back to the end of the book again, and it needs a new chapter. So I'm talking to myself, and this is what the taste program is about. What self-talk are you having? So I sat down and had a self-talk, and then I contacted my marketing people, contacted my executive vice president, and said, look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to double what we're doing right now in the next 10 years. Double it. By the time I leave, this place will be so huge. It will be everywhere in the country, every city in the country that's large enough to support an office. We're going to double in 10 years. And I said, that's going to be 
my reason to live for the next 10 years because I got nothing to live for. I'm already wealthy. So I've shared with you the chapters of my book. I'm now going to share with you the concept that I'm sitting here right now writing the next 10 year of my life chapter. And it started with the, the business aspect of it. Okay, I'm going to double the size of my companies. And that's going to mean double the number of apartment complexes I own, double the number of businesses, service businesses I own, and double the size of Lifestyles Unlimited. That's just a goal for 10 years. And see, I'm not saying I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm saying everything I do from now on, though, will be focused that that's where I'm going. So if we ask a question, should we do X, Y, or Z? The answer for each will be, does it get us where we're going? That's a chapter. We're writing the book before it happens, okay? Next thing is fitness. I decided, okay, look, I tried to go back up and be a bodybuilder after having multiple operations and cancer and so forth, and I found I just, I don't care. And then when COVID came, I was up to about 255 pounds again, and I was big and I was strong, and then I realized, for what? I'm not going to compete anymore. I'm not going to. And I thought maybe I would, like in the over 70. I figured, you know, I could train for another 10 years and win the over 75 contest, which is stupid. And I realized there's nothing in that for me. I've already been that chapter, done that chapter. And then I realized, well, what is it? When you think of what you, you want to be like in an elderly person, I keep thinking this. I can't get it out of my head. If you've ever seen this, you'll understand what I mean. Whenever you see old people, they show them at resorts. There's the guy, the silver fox guy and the old lady with silver hair and they're on the beach in the white clothes and they're walking down the beach or they're at a table having dinner at an expensive place on the beach. That's what I want. I want to be lean and mean, ripped to shreds and dark tan, silver fox. I don't want to have a scraggly beard. I don't want to be nasty, dirty. I don't want to, you know, just lay around and get fat and be an old man. I want to be right there, involved, excited, doing things. And so I went started a diet about a week ago, about four days ago, and uh, I haven't had a drink in four days. I started eating like I should. I'm not going to go into my dietary preferences at this point, but man, uh, already my blood sugar's gone down. You know, my body weight will eventually go down. My muscles are coming back. I started working out again twice a day, aerobics once a day, and then lift the weights in second part, second workout. So I'm hitting all my fitness goals, and but I'm not lifting heavy. I'm not trying to get big and strong. I'm not trying to be a bodybuilder. I'm trying to be lean, ripped old man. You know, I want to be a sexy senior citizen. That's what I want to be. That's my chapter. I want to be that guy. People go, man, that's a good looking old dude right there. You know, you're pretty good shape for an old guy. That's the comment. That's what I want to see. I want to fit in clothes. I want to be lean enough that whenever I find some nice clothes I want to wear, they just slide right on. You don't pull them up and squeeze them around your belly. You don't like pull your shirt and you button the top button around your chest and you're so fat in your chest and back that it pops the button. I want to just lay. I want to just hang. Just feel the silky shirts hang on my body and the pants hang on my hips. Yeah, that's the way it was when I was ripped to shred as a bodybuilder. Everything fit perfectly. It was beautiful. It's unbelievably good feel. Being lean is the best feeling there is. Now, what about where I live? I live in an incredible home, and I call it a home, not a mansion. 16,000 square foot with a 20-car garage and a pool and koi pond area that's just unbelievable. Yet, it's still not a mansion. It's still not that thing where you know that you live in the most expensive house in the country and or where it's just ungodly people pass out when they come over. Now, people really like the house, but 
there's a difference, right? So I'm looking at houses. Melissa and I are looking at homes all over the country, and we're thinking about, okay, maybe we'll get out of Texas now. We stayed here because this is where our corporate headquarters were, but we don't do anything in corporate anymore. So maybe we go somewhere else and, and be involved in the community there. So we're looking around the country in different places where it's you know just beautiful to live. I'm looking for beauty, and I'm looking for a mansion. And so you say, why? Well, because here's the interesting point of the last chapter of your life. Here's a problem you're not going to have for a while, probably. If some of you are out there, you have it, then you'll understand it, but it's very few. What if you have more money than you could spend before you die? I'm at that point in my life. I have way more money than I could spend before I die. And so what happens? You just give it away? I don't want to just give it away. You just waste it away? I, no. I want to go and make the next 10 years of my life. I want to live the dream life. I want to spend every penny. I want to die, and when I die, I want the check that they send me to my grave with to bounce. I've got so much money. I want to understand about money. When I had a million dollars of assets, I thought I was rich, even though I had a million dollars worth of debt. When I had a million dollars net worth, I thought I was rich. When I made a million dollars in one year, I thought I was rich. When I made a million dollars in one transaction, I thought I was rich. When I started making over a million every single year, I thought I was rich. When I started making a million dollars every month, I knew I was rich. And at some point, my friends, you've got to put that money back into circulation. You've got to get it back out in this world and give it back. And at the same time, realize you deserve to enjoy life. Now, I've just given you a book of life with 20 chapters. You got to figure out where you're at in your life and which chapter you're on. Now, from the files of Del Wamsley. Rule one, don't lose money. So when I talk to somebody 78 years old, my rule is, hey, I don't want you to do something that's going to mess with your financial security. So I have no problem with them saying, hey, I just, I'm going to stick the stuff in some bonds. I'm going to stick the stuff in some CDs and I'm going to live off the interest and I'll live frugally and I'll be safe. Okay, you can do that. But then I thought about it. That's not what I'm doing, right? I got money invested in real estate. I'm making money. I'm still making money. Of course, he's quite a bit older than I am. Hats off to him. I hope I live to that age because at that age, I'm going to be wanting to be the best built man in the country at 78 years of age, right? And I want to be the richest guy that I know at 78 years of age. I mean, you just, why? Because you can. I'm not talking about working. I'm talking about investing. I'm talking about your money working for you. But remember this, as you write the chapter of the next 10 years of your life, remember, it's not the money. It's the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation.
The information and opinions you hear on the Dell Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Dell Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Dell Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Dell Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.